Okay, here we are, Greg Holland back, Jay Parker, the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. On the Broadmoor property at Cheyenne Lodge, and it's a beautiful evening for the Certified Master Chef's reception dinner, and we're so thrilled to sit down with you right now, and Master Chef Helmet Holzer, how are you, sir? Good evening. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, so, what an illustrious, as I've read your bio today, as we travel up to Colorado Springs, and I can't help but notice uh, so many... Uh, accolades throughout your illustrious career. Is there one thing that really stands out to you? And I'm probably going to guess that it's not the uh, passing of the certified master chef. Well, it's it's the continuous growth, you know, to, to, to enhance the craft. To it's it's a passion, you know. Mm-hmm. It comes cooking comes from your heart. So, the continuously doing that, it's it's what makes it so exciting. It's a tough industry, but. Uh, I wouldn't do anything else. Yeah. You know, you spend hours and hours in the kitchen, but on the end of the day, you feel rewarded. You know, you took care of so many people, five people on the table, you got four happy people, you're success. <laughs> yes, it is a success. Uh, Austria, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, Austria, and, and here you go, you start out as a young lad, and what? what 14. What 14. 14. Uh, family in the business? Mom was a chef, father's a master pastry chef, my brother's a pastry chef, so yeah, it's in the blood. Um, at that point, you decided to embark upon travels. The family business was well, okay, actually, right? Actually, originally, I wanted to become a mechanic because I figured that's the way to get on a, on a cruise ship, right? Yeah. Great idea, you know, get around the world. Well, my uncle said to me, you're going to be down there in the dungeons, white stock, you're going to have black fingernails. Not a good idea. And I always loved to cook. I made I baked cakes when I was seven years old. So I said, hey, that's not a bad idea. I want to be a baker. My dad said, ah, I break one of your kneecaps. I said, okay, I've become a chef then. <laughs> that's it, right. But see, I mean, in all seriousness, and Jay, you can attest to this, we talk to folks all the time. Um, you're kind of anointed to follow that path. I mean, were you good, open to do degree. other things? Actually, you know, it was always something I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I I watched uh, TV shows back in the you know, I won't even say when right. because it ages me. Sure. So, but I, and then I said to mom, "Can I cook this?" And she says, "If you clean the kitchen afterwards, no problem. You can cook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. Listen, I, I really like that attitude right there. When you're talking about TV shows, and it's a far cry from what we watch now on the Food Network and those types of things. What were the type type of shows that you were looking at as a kid? Well, they, but back then it was real. The real chefs, it was real, right. you know, and they were, they were doing the classical dishes and with all this stuff. Today is, is a lot of drama, a lot of, a lot of um, show, you know, a lot of cussing, a lot of this and the other. It's not reality. You know? What do you do when you see the kids that are wanting to get in because of the rock star status of being a chef? The, the dichotomy of you growing up versus what you see right now and the best advice you can give it's, to an aspiring chef. What I would say, if, if what people say to me today, ask me, what would you do different? I would get more education. I would do more. Educated in what sense? Food-wise? Sourcing? On on the business side. On the the business side. On the the educational side. On the how how to interact, how to coach people, how to all this stuff. I know it, but I would 
you know, wouldn't be bad to have a title to, to say, okay, you have your masters in this, masters in that. So we still have to be masters of our craft, yeah. you know, and that's quite a task. As you know, we yes. have a 12% growth in the last 30 years in our, in our field. So it's only 67 of us, actually 68. 68, sorry. Don't we slight just, that one guy. No, I know. You, know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know who passes over right next. So. That's right. <laughs> so. Oh, my goodness. I'm having such a great time sitting down with you, Chef. Um, so, restaurant business. You've owned restaurants. Been there. Uh, it's also it's something you really have to devote yourself. You cannot slack. It's You cannot do half-assed. I don't because otherwise I wouldn't be where I am today. They say, they say be careful they say be careful doing what you love because then it turns into work right and you yeah and, and, and that's why I play golf because you know what they say work is for people who don't know how to play golf <laughs> <laughs> I agree as well restaurant business some of the most profitable restaurants are running off maybe eight ten percent profit margin off the bottom line that's a that's, very that's, slim margin yes that's high. people people don't understand especially the ones on the higher end mm -hmm. you know because a pizza place makes money right low low food cost low labor cost not make my pizza and make it well exactly and you make a fortune feed the families if you feed the masses you eat with the classes you eat feed the class you eat with the masses right so very fun. simple I have a friend of mine who has a five-star five-diamond Michelin rated restaurant in Innsbruck Austria you know where he makes his money at the at the stadium at the soccer stadium mm -hmm. where he sells hamburgers hot dogs all the Krapfen all the stuff that's where he makes the money the other stuff is just for the ego makes sense though when you're creating dishes writing recipes sourcing food sourcing vegetables and, and your proteins it costs money and, and, and unless you, don't you do know quality you cannot you cannot make hamburgers from bones you know you have to use quality product to achieve a quality and end, end result there's no there's no way around it how do you do that and keep food costs low well you mix it up right you you use secondary cuts you 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 good chefs who really know that craft they know how to take a secondary cut and make it shine right that's the art of cooking anybody can cut the tenderloin put it on a grill no big deal but then take a tri-tip or take a, a shank or take a a, um, a a cloth and make it taste good tender juicy now you're cooking now we talk makes so much sense but a lot of ego and pride of having the best and sourcing the best but that's amongst your colleagues not the final uh, test with the customer who's just looking for delicious well thought out food exactly and, and thank God the, the customers today becoming more and more traveled and more and more educated so they ex they're asking for better product because when I first came to the United States loved this country absolutely wouldn't be anywhere else but the culinary history was not so hot at the time, especially when you go to Nashville, Tennessee, or some of the other countries, other sites, you know. New York, of course, San Francisco has always been high level, but then you go to the secondary cities, you really have to deal with the biscuits and the gravy, you know. But 
it's changing. Thank God. Certified Master Chef Helmet Holzer uh, sitting down with Greg and Jay on the Modern Eaters show. You, you spoke about maybe being a little bit more business savvy, ha- having a little bit more knowledge in that sense. And I think that that's a very astute observation, especially in today's climate to where your customer is more intelligent. Yes. Your, your customer is somebody. Plus, plus, you, plus your, your incoming cooks, incoming apprentices, they are more educated, they're more savvy. So it can, there's no fooling. You have to be on top of your game. Is there something to be said for being able to make a traditional, maybe French cuisine dish that's very rich in flavors and using butters and uh, where, where, where do you go from there the, to the, that this, more? This that, is changing also. Yeah, you know, how do you pe- see that? The, the people are more on the Medi- Mediterranean uh, diet, where more olive oil, more fruits, more vegetables, less protein, higher, you know, legumes and stuff. So it, it's changing, right? We are eating, we, even ourselves, our chefs, sometimes are the worst, right? We know nutrition, balance, protein versus carbohydrates, but, you know, it tastes so good. And a lot of chefs, unfortunately, they overdo it, right? So you have to keep a balance on that as well. I find this a very interesting conversation because I'm a firm believer in the United States huge in pharmaceuticals. We're giving people pills every day and masking food problems. And it all begins with your diet and the things that you eat. And when I you call eat, chefs... That's what you are. So Karem and Severan say that back when what you, you are what you eat. I coined the term pharma chefs because I believe chefs are actually the people on the front line that are dictating some of the stylings and some of the food that we're eating. Uh, uh, deconstructing meals to its most basic forms and then you're a guy that you make you make rubs you you do certain things as far as uh, sourcing and nuts and other delicious things at that point in time building your meal and your dishes up from there once you've brought it to the most basic form is, is that keep keep it simple yeah let the food talk for itself enhance it where it needs it but leave it alone Be, too many people do too many things to the food. It's not necessary. Let that veal be what it is. Let that pork chop be what it is, right? If you mask it and put all kind of schmutz on top of it, why? And that's why we we make a lot of mistakes. We, We, portions are too big, right? Too many different things and people changing, thank God. We could spend hours with you, and I know your time's limited. I'm hoping you'll let us catch up with you at another of point Of course, I'd love to talk to you. Uh, what's next for Chef Helmet Holzer? Well, now I'm going to take over the reins at the Order of American Master Chefs. So I'm going to be the president for the next year, then move into chairman. Congratulations. Thank you. So that were, that's an appointed position. Yes. And the board votes upon that, and you Correct. have one year of knowing that you're going to assume that role. Correct. Usually, it takes me a year to even figure out where you know. Well, where you kind of you kind of you kind of start off in a director position, then you work into uh, president elect, right? And then, so by the time you get there, mm-hmm. you kind of have a guidance. You get knowledge. yeah, you get a good working knowledge, and we just want to make sure that we keep the standards. We enhance the craft. Mm-hmm. We have something there for the young folks to come in so they see what a standard needs to be and they understand this is a business 
but also love mm -hmm. for food and respect for food. Now, uh, certified master chefs are, uh, let's face it, getting a little older. And the, the youth is, is coming we, in, we, but... We're working on that, and, and that's one of the projects I'm working on right now, to take that master chef's exam, dissect it, look at it again from every aspect, and see where can we really make that number of 68 grow. Mm -hmm. How can we entice people to go through the rigorous process to get there, and how can we make it a little easier? Well, before it you starts know? going backwards. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm a golfer. Yeah. I, I like to. I like to be at least under 100. Right now, at the rate we're going, we're not going to beat 100 in my lifetime. You never know. Right. So hopefully, with the net, with the movements we're doing and with the things we're trying to attempt, and and the whole the whole industry is changing, and it's good. It's all for the good. And. Uh, I mean, you heard this conversation. It's pretty interesting. Well, I, I didn't really chime in, to be honest, because you guys had it going so good that I'm like, well, I'll sit back and... and yeah, and engaging. But here, before we uh, say goodbye then, to Helmut, I wanted to ask him, if you didn't choose food as your career, where do you think, what direction do you think you would have gone as far as career? What would you have done? I would have been a surgeon. Been a surgeon. I could see that. Still working with your hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about here. Okay. okay. One more real quick. Uh, yeah. All right. So that's what you, where you think you would have done. What was your dream as far as a kid? The astronaut, the, the, the over the moon You wanted to profession. be a mechanic, right? Actually, yeah. I was wanted to be a mechanic on a cruise ship, right? Because uh, I want to see the world. That's right. And right? again, that wants to work with your hands. Exactly. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you think about it, you have to, this massive machine, right? And you take a tenth of a millimeter off the mm -hmm. engine block to make it work, or take a sledgehammer to it, whatever, make it work. So it's it's a craft on its own, you know. Uh, last question before we go. Um, just thrilled to sit down with you. So much fun. I'm such a geek when it comes to this stuff. You can see it in my eyes. Uh, this. So the president comes out. The the state of the United. The state of the ACM. How how do you see that right now? But like every organization, they have, their, they have their positives and they have their negatives, mm -hmm. right? I think with the new president, uh, Stafford de Cambria, yeah. coming in, he's a, he's a very open-minded guy and is uh, a culinarian mm -hmm. and he loves the trade, he's from here, from the heart, mm -hmm. right? I think he's going to do a fantastic job for us, you know? It's, it's all about the craft, it's all about bringing the master chefs up to a level where we should be, right? And uh, and that's that's why we're supporting him. We are so happy that he's is actually coming here and be part of this. So it's it's going to be fun. And I guarantee he'll say, "I'm only as strong as the people around me." We all are. Yeah. The first thing I learned, and and I'm only as good as the weakest link in the kitchen. That's that's it. And one day I walked down the hallway, and we had a great lunch business. The general manager said, "Great job, chef." And I'm kind of. You know, chicken breast, uh, get that rooster breast up and says, but you know, chef, it's you're only as good as your last meal. It's true. But that stuck with me, believe me. Yeah. For the last 30 some years. That's a great, very important. That's a great that's one right there. Good advice. Yeah. Young chefs out there, any anybody really. Everything. In yeah. any in any field, it doesn't yeah. matter. 
you have to be if you if you only a dishwasher, but be the best. Yes. Dignify the job, not have the dig, job dignify you. And that gives opportunity. Right? Exactly. And breeds exactly. growth exactly. and creates relevancy. You're absolutely right. So too many people worry about titles. Just do your job well. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Sure. Thank, Thank you. you so much for your time. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you for your time.